Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. I'm Tass Mellis. With me here in the Classic Factory is a man who's using a Theragun on his butt at all times. <laughs> it's Trey Kirby. Hey yo! Hey yo! How's the butt feeling, by the way? Uh, much looser today. <laughs> <laughs> it does feel as loose as a goose today, Tassie. Hey, you're hitting back-to-backs playing basketball day after day. You need a Theragun. That's right. Uh, JD sold it on me by giving it to me to save my leg once upon a time. <laughs> I'll never go back. <laughs> uh, and yes, that man over there making the magic happen. It's JD. Hello. What's up, JD? No skeets today. He's wearing a well-fit suit at a family wedding <laughs> this weekend. I wonder if underneath it, he's wearing a cool No Dunks t-shirt that you can get from the No Dunks shop at NoDunks.com. We got so many shirts going on right now. Playoff heavy. Playoff themed. All these teams. If you were going to guess, Tess, which would you say is most acceptable to wear to a wedding of these no-dunk shirts? (laughs) (laughs) That's a tough call. I guess the Miami Heat retro look. Okay. I don't know why. Um, More Just because it kind of looks snazzy, like you're trying to go for it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, These definitely seem... um, more reception appropriate mm-hmm. than ceremony, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Laurel is dancing in a pair of LL Bean slippers at our reception, so anything goes as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Things have changed. Uh, Skeets will be back on Monday, but uh, let's get to today's show because we got lots to get to. Coming up, a major firing in Milwaukee, another award handed out, rapid fire, of course, but let's first talk about game two Lakers, Warriors. Down 1-0, the Warriors made a major change. Jermichael Green in the lineup for Kevon Looney to open up the floor and because Kevon Looney was sick. Or was he? <laughs> uh, anyway, Steph Curry was willing to give up the ball, didn't shoot a ton. The Warriors did it with depth. Clay had 30. Steph had 20. Jermichael Green had 15 and three others in double figures. This was a blowout. Fourth quarter was all garbage time. Yes. So what happened in this game, Trey? Well, you mentioned the garbage time. I think this should be called the Tristan Thompson game. Because <laughs> when Tristan Thompson checked in at the beginning of the fourth quarter, everybody knew it was over. <laughs> yes. We shut down the playback stream. I listened to a bunch of podcasts this morning, and they all started recording basically when Tristan Thompson checked in. <laughs> Once you see an ESPN analyst show up on the floor of a playoff game, you know it's Jover. But you mentioned it. The Warriors, did they go small? Mm. Or did they just go medium, bringing in Jamichael Green uh, for Kavon Looney, who was dealing with his illness, only played a handful of minutes on the night. So not as small of a lineup as I kind of thought they would go to, bringing Jordan Poole into the starting lineup. But putting Jamichael Green on the floor meant more shooting on the court for the Warriors. Uh, he was just camped out in the corner. I thought Draymond and Looney did a good job of slipping to the rim anytime that they were involved in the actions. There was a lot more room on the inside because Anthony Davis was having a guard out on the perimeter because Steph Curry was cooking. The offense was spread out for the Warriors. They were going to a lot of pick and rolls, and 
Steph was making Draymond or making Anthony Davis stick to him out on the perimeter. Then they were playing four on three basketball. The Warriors were, which led to Clay Thompson getting some great looks for three. Hit eight of them last night. I thought uh, Draymond was a great passer last night. Very decisive with the ball. When he wanted to score, he caught it and went straight to the hoop. When he knew it was time to get somebody else a shot, he was uh, moving the ball to, to get some looks. This was about a complete flip. Of, from game one to game two, as you could possibly imagine, it felt like everybody who played well for the Lakers in game one didn't have a huge game uh, in game two, but kind of the response you would expect from the Warriors. This is now the 16th team to lose game one at home and then come back and win game two. I saw Jovan Buha today over at The Athletic. You can subscribe at The Athletic ne- slash no dunks he said the average margin of victory in those games is 17 points per game this is Mm. like the surest bet in sports right now the home team bouncing back in game two the Warriors looked great last night and the Lakers looked like they were happy that they got a split yeah they were pretty slow on the defensive end Uh, going back and watching after we watched live yesterday on playback I guess the biggest difference in my rewatch was not rotating over for those Draymond Green slashes to Mm -hmm. the bucket they were just a, way too slow. And part of it is that they actually moved Anthony Davis out of the paint because Steph was bringing the ball up. He was on ball, more like a traditional point guard. We saw what happened in game seven of the series against Sacramento Kings when he went on ball. He just started firing away. But in this instance, they trapped him and they were going four out three behind him. And, and AD yeah, had to had to become a, 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 an agile garden gnome. He had to move off of his lawn, which is the paint, <laughs> and uh, yeah, had to go onto the road there. But he had to, he had to move around, and they're spreading him out. And LeBron and AD just weren't willing to dedicate themselves to the defensive end. I'm sure they will be better in Game Three. That happened last series with the Grizzlies, where they went and got Game One on the road in Memphis, laid a bit of an egg in Game Two, and then they went home to LA. So do you think them sort of slowing down, especially AD? Um, having to move as much, going from 30 and 23 to 11 and 7 was, yeah, I mean, I guess it was a combination of the things you said. Um, maybe I should just answer my own question. But um, <laughs> the fact that they had game one, uh, part of that was part of it, the rest factor. They didn't have a rest advantage. And also just, oh, this team's going to take it. I mean, let's just get Tristan Thompson some minutes and, and not and not playing <laughs> as hard. Just a good guy. Just yeah. want to see Tristan out there get a run in. Hey, they signed the him for a reason in April. <laughs> a weird April signing that Tristan. Late Thompson. April signing, yeah. yeah. So was it uh, just a, or was it all scheme from the Warriors? Because they definitely opened up the floor, and Steph was willing to just. Dish and dish and dish and dish. Yeah, defensively, I thought that they definitely made Anthony Davis work a lot more. Like you're mentioning, they got him off the lawn, got him out to the easements, out to the sidewalks, (laughs) and it's just a little more to do out there, and it takes a little bit more out of Anthony Davis having to be involved in all these plays that Draymond Green is involved in. So I thought defensively, it was a little bit scheme and it was a little bit effort. There are a bunch of times that you can you can see in like uh, some of Anthony Slater's work at the Athletic where Draymond is driving, LeBron and AD have a chance to contest, and they're not necessarily going after it quite as hard as they did in Game One. LeBron had three blocks in Game One. Anthony Davis had over 100 scares in Game One, and it wasn't <laughs> quite the same. No effort level in Game Two. As for the offensive side. I give a lot of credit to the way Anthony Davis was shut down to Draymond Green. He brought the fight to him from the first possession. The catches were tougher for AD in the first place. When he did catch the ball, he was seeing a ton of bodies. The Warriors were pretty flagrant, not guarding Jared Vanderbilt and just trying to really pack the paint. So I thought Draymond had active hands when it would be one-on-one against Anthony Davis. This was just a great Draymond defensive performance. So I thought that that was largely predicated on Draymond really bringing the fight to Anthony Davis. And I don't know. They're calling AD alternating days at this point here, Tass. In the playoffs so far, he's gone 22 points, 13 points, 31 points, 12 points, 31 points, 16 points, 30 points, 11 points. I don't know if it's the little bit of rest that he's getting. Had a much longer rest before game one compared to game two. I don't know if it's just Draymond stepping the game up and making it tough on AD. I don't know if it's just a little bit of we got our one, that's all we really needed here, but Anthony Davis has to be the best player on the court for the Lakers to win this series. Last night, he was not. And I'm sure the Warriors left game one and went to the film session and saw Anthony Davis crush them. Draymond Green picked up the physicality. You're totally right. And they said, let's make him work on the defensive end with with the scheme of getting Steph on the ball 
uh, and and forcing them to come out and trap and he just passed it over and over and over again <laughs> he took yeah. 12 shots 12 shots and 12 assists a very cool a cool line for him he also said after the game i do like shooting as well uh, so <laughs> so yeah i'm sure that number will go up but i i do want to bring that up because like you said coming out of game 1 whenever the warriors are struggling they just tend to go small and they just say all right Four shooters plus Draymond Green at the five. We don't want a, a non-shooter in Kevon Looney out there. But they also now have this second piece that they, they go to, which is Steph is more of a traditional point guard, bringing the ball up rather than getting off the ball and running around and forcing the defense to come out and playing four on three. They don't want to do either of those round after round after round because it gasses them out. The last time they did that was... 2014, really. That was the Mark Jackson year. That was his last year of coaching. That's when Steph Curry was a point guard, bringing the ball up. Now he is traditionally more off the ball, but we've seen it in Game 7 where he scored 50, and now we saw it in this game. So they've got two ways of doing it here, and everybody just coming through. Uh, The numbers through three quarters when this was a game, they had 34 assists on 42 baskets, and Clay was a scorcher out there. Uh, You know, we were just laughing how at times watching this, the way he was getting loose and he was flowing for those 30 points, uh, a monster, monster game for him. We thought, uh, you know, eight of 11 to three from him. We thought, all right, maybe he's going to tick up to the playoff record of 12 threes made in a game, but garbage time killed that. Dream. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, the Lakers couldn't keep it close enough for yeah. Clay Thompson to really make a run at it uh, in the fourth quarter. But yeah, he was lights out 30 points in three quarters shooting a lot of really good looks uh, because the Lakers were so intent on taking the ball out of Curry's hands. But 9 for 25 in Game 1 for Clay. He said he's been looking forward to this series since he got into the NBA. Growing up a Lakers fan, his dad winning championships there. So not a surprise that he would finally come through. But the Warriors are really tough to beat when he's hitting eight threes and Steph Curry only needs to take 12 shots. This can be a huge advantage for the Warriors. Clay Thompson is easily the second best perimeter player in this series so he's got to shoot well for uh the warriors to look their best like they did last night and the uh, the rest factor as we mentioned going into game one anthony davis has said this was a must win going into this game going into game one because they had the, the rest advantage just to you know put it out there they're going every second day now so the the, the younger legs in the in the warriors uh, i think will I, that, that'll help them. I think that's an advantage. And the the AD, the alternating days, I think is a better nickname than Data Davis because he, <laughs> because he is playing. He's playing 20 he's, straight games. <laughs> there it is. It's been a long time since he's gotten 20 straight games. But I don't know. When I'm looking at the Lakers box score and what went well for them last night, I would say first and foremost, LeBron. Of course. Got untracked in the first half. 21 of his 23. He was hitting jumpers. He was looking pretty active. I would say Rui Hachimura played really well. Four for six from three. He seems to be a pretty consistent option for them. I wonder if eventually he'll be getting more minutes than Jared Vanderbilt. Maybe joining the starting lineup alongside. Especially if the Warriors aren't going to be guarding Vanderbilt. But the biggest number to me is 33 minutes for Anthony Davis and only 28 for LeBron. They played over 40 in game one. This is not a series where there are long periods of rest. So maybe not having to play the fourth quarter will be a benefit to L.A. going to game three because that's a must win at that point for both teams, uh, to be quite honest. Cannot wait. Yeah, so uh, to me, I think we've said everything about the Golden State Warriors. um, But we did see a first. The first time in franchise history they've had two 40-plus point quarters in a game. Kind of surprising. That's pretty impressive, yeah. That they were able to rip off shot after shot after shot. And, and more talk about the math problem going into uh, to game three here. The Warriors have hit 21 threes in back-to-back games to open the series. But in game two, they were much hotter. They were 50% from three versus 40% from three in game one. A lot of that is just the the dedication to the defensive end. And I think LeBron goes back and and they watch a lot of those rotations and they say, we can be better. <laughs> just moving better, yeah. moving more, understanding if they go to Steph on the ball, if, if there's Steph off the ball. Um, and, and, yeah, they'll 
the, 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 this is a chess match now. Uh, we're at ones. Looking forward to uh, Saturday night. Any other random notes from this match? Uh, Note-wise, I would say it is notable that the Lakers shot just 17 free throws last night. Didn't mm-hmm. he seem to be much complaining uh, about the officiating, but after game one, that's a significant drop-off where the Warriors kept their hot shooting up. But one free throw attempted between LeBron and Anthony Davis, that... That doesn't just make sense to me. Very strange to see that low of numbers uh, for those two guys who generally live in the lane. But, you know, LeBron was hitting jumpers and AD was not necessarily as aggressive. The only other note I have is the Jefferino hot dog buddy story. Say what? (laughs) Look, man, Tristan Thompson, Troy Brown Jr. and Shaquille Harrison were all on the court for the Lakers. This was not the Bulls from the 2022 season. So they had some stuff to talk about. And Mark Jackson basically pressured in Jeff Van Gundy, pressured him into saying what his dad used to call him when he was like a six-year-old boy. (laughs) Jeff Van Gundy said his dad would wake him up at midnight to go out for hot dogs. And he said his nickname for him at the time was Jefferino Hot Dog Buddy. So they put it (laughs) on the lower third for him as well. No way. And basically JVG was just saying, does it make you feel good to be making fun of my 87-year-old dad? And then Mark Jackson's just like, <laughs> Jefferino hot dog buddy, we love your dad. <laughs> hey, man, anything goes in a blowout. Uh, absolutely, I guess Jefferino. so. I guess so. I, I mean, I had it on in the background, and I guess I wasn't paying attention to hear that Jeff Van Gundy as a 12-year-old is saying that his dad would wake him up and say, I guess because he wanted a midnight snack. This sounds like a selfish dad thing to do. <laughs> Because we're all dads here. It sounds like something I would do for myself. You're my Jefferino hot dog buddy. Uh, and for some reason, but p- pull out a kid. I guess he just wanted somebody to come with him. Because that's why you're a dad in, in some ways. That's why I'm a dad. Forcing forcing a friend. For, I have a friend now. Friend force. <laughs> yep. yeah, so, you can't take him for drinks. No. So, I'm trying to think like... This is a great move, but where would I get a hot dog at midnight in Atlanta? <laughs> midnight hot dog is hard to find. I agree. Like Skip's closes, I think. Well, that's 10 probably. Mm-hmm. That's a great call. Anyways, yeah, carry on. Hey, <laughs> that is a problem. Uh, we did. We we have a, a friend of a friend that was going to open up a, a bodega-style restaurant mm, here in okay. Atlanta. That's right, yeah. Because you can't get food uh, pretty late. I mean, unless you're going for – poopy 7-Eleven hot dogs. <laughs> that's, that's your only option. Go to 7-Eleven, maybe that or wa- Waffle House, I guess. Oh, yeah. Down waffle, here you got the Waffle House. Waffle House. But yeah. even even that, I'm sure, closes. No, no it does not. Never There's closes. 24s? Every one of them. Yeah. Huh. I used to live by one. I probably should have known that. <laughs> <laughs> like, really close to one. But yeah. can you get a hot dog at Waffle House? I don't know. <laughs> I actually don't know. Probably. Nobody knows. Nobody does. I'll, I'll, I'll research. Know. It's probably deep on the menu. Anyways, uh, looking forward to Game 3, Saturday night, every second day of that series. All right. Other big news in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks have fired head coach Mike Budenholzer. He won 70% of regular season games, 60% of playoff games. He won a title in 2021, but it doesn't matter. They fizzled out this postseason as an eight seed against as a one seed, excuse me, against the eight seeded Miami Heat. How are you feeling about this, Trey? Right move, wrong move? Both. Mm. I honestly think both. Uh, the writing was definitely on the wall when Giannis actually criticized Bud after uh, the loss to the Heat, where he said there were adjustments we could have made. You have to respect the coach and let them make the adjustments. So that to me kind of signaled if Giannis is out, something's going to be changing here. And I don't. You know, a loss the way that the Bucks had, it's understandable that they would want to make a change here. And especially considering, like, the coaching culture in the NBA right now, the 2019 championship coach fired, 2020 championship coach fired, and now the 2021 championship coach fired. And like you're saying, Mike Budenholzer won 70% of his games in five seasons. He's the best coach that the Bucks have ever had. But the clock is ticking here because LeBron, uh, LeBron, Giannis is going to be able to sign an extension in September. There are choices that need to be made before then. Brooke Lopez is a free agent. Chris Middleton has a player option. He may be a free agent as well. Drew Holiday will also be extension eligible next season. So it feels like things are changing for the Bucks right now. The last time they got Giannis to sign an extension, they made a huge move beforehand, bringing in Drew Holiday, that trade Giannis signed right after. So you have to wonder if 
this is all related to making sure that Giannis stays engaged with the Bucks, that they figure out a way to move forward with what seems like a slightly new format to their team. But still, it feels so strange that the guy won a championship in 2021, and now he's gone two years later. The landscape is definitely changing as an NBA head coach. It seems like you would get a leash for longer. Uh, Frank Vogel, as you said, Lakers head coach, got two years after winning the championship. Boonholzer, just two years after winning the championship. Nurse with the Raptors, fired after 19. He got a full four years because that was the first of his five years. But it's just a crappy profession to be in. I know everyone says, 30 jobs, you got to want one of them. I say you want one of them with a bad team, so you get a longer <laughs> leash, uh, uh, and you can get credit for the for the True. build. It's True. it's something I think they had to do though, because they're the oldest roster in the NBA. Mm-hmm. They got to go for it, uh, game after game, season after season. I I know the number one criticism is he just doesn't make enough X's and O's moves. He's not tactical enough. I think what happened watching those games with the Miami Heat is he did. Nothing, not not enough. As they were spiraling out of control every fourth quarter, after every fourth quarter, it, it just it was repeated. It was a pattern. Fourth quarter after fourth quarter, they would fall apart. wasn't getting the ball in the right guy's hands enough. wasn't calling timeouts, and it is harsh. Um, but I do think another coach in that position would have made better moves. And yeah, they would have called a timeout when needed. Uh, so. Should he get a leash for winning that NBA title? He got two years, and, and there, yeah, again, watching the, the leads being given up after game after game after game was probably the end of it uh, for John Horst and the Bucks front office. Yeah, and the issues that you saw with the Bucks, like you're saying, they felt like old issues from when Mike Budenholzer was on the hot seat. If Kevin Durant doesn't accidentally set a toe on the three-point line, Budenholzer could have easily been gone after the 2021 season, and it was because of the lack of adjustments, pl- uh, rotational choices, uh, Jimmy Butler torching him and not being guarded by Giannis. All the same things came right. back, so you're like, oh, no, this feels like a big-time step back into the 2020 season uh, when the Bucks had had two straight years of having the best record and then getting eliminated really early. This one going down in the first round. Bad stuff. Yeah, and it was on the defensive end, as you said, not not doing something against Jimmy, but also on the offensive end. It's it's, I, I guess, sort of the the playbook of Phil Jackson or Pop. The guys will figure it out. But when it's happening fourth quarter and fourth after fourth quarter, you know, continuously over and over and over again, just get the ball into the right guy's hands. Chris Middleton wasn't utilized enough, and you saw it the way it ended there with. Grayson Allen not getting a shot off to end their season. Mm-hmm. That kind of thing. If it's happening over and over again, you can't just sit back. Even on the offensive end, just make a call <laughs> for something. Timeouts. So, yeah, it's unfortunate for him. Uh, it's unfortunate for the coaching ranks, the coaching position, the coaching uh, profession in general. It's harsh, man. Oh, it's definitely <laughs> harsh. It's like It used to be... If you won coach of the year, that was almost a curse that you would be one of the next to be fired because it's like you're overperforming expectations a little bit, you know, and maybe the team slips back and that doesn't look quite as good for you. But now it's like if you win a championship, you better win the next championship or else you're going to get fired in two years. That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> it is rough. Yeah. This, and as far as a comparison, we said Vogel and Nurse, but I think this is kind of like the Raptors and, and Dwayne Casey in that they just weren't getting over the hump. I know this is different because they won a championship here, but just feels like not enough was being done and they're going to bring somebody in like maybe Nick Nurse. Uh, it's quite possible. What a circle of the coaching life that would be. In 2018, Coach Bud said no to the Raptors situation. He wanted Yadis Tentacupo and went to Milwaukee. Nurse was hired instead. Bud could have had that Raptors job. Now they might just swap. Coach swap. <laughs> coach trade. <laughs> the Raptors are looking for a coach. Nick Nurse looking for a job. Bud, I assume, will be hired sometime soon if he wants another job he's, yeah he's maybe young. it takes a takes a year or something he just suffered a tragedy uh as well uh, as a raptors fan would you be excited to have mike budenholzer as your coach because i saw some people in our playback stream last night saying he turned us down we don't want him <laughs> <laughs> no i i'm all about second chances for sure Respect. come on in bud <laughs> That's kind of a big Survivor fan. Yeah, Come on in, bud! Yeah. No buffs. Yesterday, I joined. It was great. Only seven people remaining on 
Survivor. Confirmed. It's a good time to get in. It's a great <laughs> great time to get in. It is like the second round of the playoffs almost. It's totally. We're Pretty deep. close, yeah. Okay, another less big news in the NBA. Another award was handed out. Marcus Smart won the 2022-2023 NBA Hustle Award. <laughs> the Hustle Award recipient has the most of these non-traditional stats. Deflections, loose balls recovered, charges drawn, screen assists, contested shots, and box outs. It's just a little calculation. Give it to that guy because he hustles. First question, did you know this award existed? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Not really. You know, they named MVP over the weekend, I believe, right? And I was like, cool, last award there is. Ain't nothing else to honor here. There was Executive of the Year, and then the Hustle Award, which apparently not even voted on, right? It's just an adding up of all of these different Hustle stats. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) Just a pretty easy way to figure out who's going to win the Hustle Award. Who's screen assistant out there? Who's deflecting? Who's boxing out? I saw some crazy box out statistics for Marcus Smart. He only gets the rebound 19% of the time when he boxes out, but his team gets the ball 96% of the time. Get a body on somebody is what I'm saying. No surprise, Marcus Smart, a back-to-back Hustle Award winner. That was another surprising one to me. You know how long this award has been around? Yeah, I, I looked at like a decade. 2016-17. Oh, longer okay. than you would think. Oh, okay. Um, the winners in the 17th season, Patrick Beverly, then Amir Johnson, then Marcus Smart back in 18-19, Montrez Harrell, Thaddeus Young, and then back-to-back Jacks for Marcus Smart here in 22 and 23. Thaddeus Young. Sneaking in. Uh, yeah, charges is definitely part of this. And yes. Thad Young took a ton of charges that season uh, with the Bulls. All right. Did well, you see who finished uh, top five? <laughs> top no. five in the hustle? No, I did not. <laughs> take, a, take a guess. Um, Kevin Wait, Love. No, fair fair guess with regards to charges. Charges, yeah. Um, we, R- Rudy Gobert. No, but another great defender, likely a Hall of Fame defender, had a great game last night. Had a great game last night. Draymond Green. There you go. Number two. The other three, I don't think you're going to get. Aaron Neesmith, third. Aaron Neesmith out of nowhere. It was Is uh, Lowry sneak in there? No, no, Lowry. The four and five is Mitchell Robinson and Herbert Jones. Great hustle season for Herbert Jones. He started <laughs> slow. He didn't play a ton of games at the beginning of the season. Still made top five incredible stuff. He did get better. The little uh, things. All right, let's take a uh, quick look at tonight's games. Game threes here on Friday as we're recording. Let's make some predictions so people can say, oh, they're totally wrong in mere hours. Anyway, Celtics 76ers, we're at ones. We're going to Philly for game three. Nuggets Suns, it's two zip. We're going to Phoenix after three days off in that series. So tell me your thoughts on both. Where would you like to start? And are these games pivotal game threes? Or is that too much? Pivotal, perhaps crucial. Crucial. Game okay, I okay. don't know. Yeah, uh, the, the series can definitely pivot in both of these games. More so, Celtics versus 76ers. You know, tied up one-one, heading to the new location. I'm still up in the air about what's really going on in this series because there's three real huge questions. What kind of Embiid are we going to see? He looked okay, absolutely. Uh, it, returning for Game Two, but he's going to be getting the MVP award. Philadelphia fans are going to be going crazy. He should be inspired uh, by the home crowd there, but we'll see how his body holds up after only a couple of days off in between games. Also, what does James Harden look like? Lights out game one. Nowhere to be seen, basically, in game two. That that was kind of true for most of the 76ers. And then finally, which Celtics team do we see? It feels like you can get a different Celtics team every quarter of the game. Uh, So if they come out and if they have the defensive intensity that they had in game two, if they shoot as well as they have been so far in this series, they could easily steal game three on the road here. And that puts Philly in a pretty tough spot. So that one should be hot tonight. Yeah, the Boston Celtics made the adjustments in game two, basically throwing out their best defensive options on on the Sixers players. And Jalen Brown went over to James Harden. And especially because... In addition to just Jalen Brown on James Harden, they were leaving P.J. Tucker open more to throw out uh, the doubles on Joel Embiid or the traps at all times. It was just more of a – we're watching some back some of the clips and great breakdowns on The Athletic. It was more just a, a wall sort of scenario like the every team does. Like the Celtics do really, really well. And also just body after body after body on Embiid. 
Horford's going to hit him, and then he's going to get down the lane, and then an additional guy's going to hit him. They did play the two bigs, so Robert Williams was in there. Uh, they played the two bigs at times, I should say. So Robert Williams would give him a bump, and then the Grant Williams bump. So they know that Embiid can beat anybody one-on-one, but they were physically trying to beat him up a little bit, and they only allowed 87 points, which is a ridiculous number. Yeah. Uh, Jason Tatum also only just had seven points, so you expect a decent bounce-back game from him. He was in foul trouble, and... A little X factor in that series. Derek White kind of found his shot hmm. in game number two. So that's bad news uh, for the Sixers because the Celtics have more weapons, it feels like. Um, and we'll see if the Sixers' weapons that they had in game one, it wasn't just James Harden, but a lot of guys came for the ride, can step up. Thoughts on Denver Phoenix, this series? I don't think this one's crucial. As the stream team is saying here, this is a do or die game three. For the Phoenix Suns. This one is a must win. And I think they got to unleash 2021 Kevin Durant. In game five versus the Bucks. that series played 48 minutes, went for 49 points, 17 rebounds, and 10 assists. In game seven, went for 48 points, nine rebounds, six assists, played 53 minutes. That was the overtime game with the toe. He was playing with a hobbled James Harden, Bruce Brown, Joe Harris, and Blake Griffin. He carried this team to seven games against the eventual champion Milwaukee Bucks, who had the best defense in the playoffs. Kevin Durant can be a lot better. There's been a lot of talk about how the trade for Kevin Durant completely stripped the Suns of any depth they had, which is 100% true, but also they didn't trade for Kevin Durant to have him score 25 points a game, right? They traded for him to show up in these huge moments when they absolutely need him, and they need him tonight. So I would like to see a big-time KD game. That's a great point. Kevin Durant must be better. They are a, a top-heavy team. The Nuggets have far more depth. I do think we have seen probably the, the best the Nuggets can be. Game one, yeah. look great, and then followed up with a really g- great game too. But we have not seen the best Suns team, and that's because Kevin Durant mostly uh, has not been himself while the Nuggets just keep rolling. Because, yeah, if, if Durant is off a little bit, then you're going to get um, down the line. The Nuggets are just all producing. When they go to the bench, as you said, the depth is is a problem. When the Suns go to their bench, the Nuggets are rolling out the compost squad, the brown, brown, green, plus Aaron Gordon and Jamal Murray. That's the fivesome. And Aaron Gordon's just balling right now, no matter where you put him at. He is just physically uh, flying over everybody. He's, he's a great one-on-one defender as, as well as you can uh, with Kevin Durant. Then he's getting help. He's just doing a lot uh, along with Murray, and they're getting, even though the Nuggets bench was deemed to be somewhat thin coming into the playoffs, they're getting production down their roster. The Suns are not, and so, yes, we need a Durant to make this a series. It's 2-0. Suns can't go out like this. Oh. Yeah, they got that'll be – if they, if they get swept out of this series or if they just look, you know, like a, a gentleman sweep or something like that, it's not going to be quite as bad as getting beat by 40 against the Mavs last year, but a similar sour taste in your mouth. You got to hope that getting back home puts the role players at ease a little bit sure. and they can hit some threes coming off the bench. Cause it would be nice if anybody played well outside of Kevin Durant and Devin Booker, like Booker has been incredible. Deandre Ayton has been steady though. Not always the, no. the greatest, not always the most impactful. And Durant, despite the fact that he hasn't been Kevin Durant, he's still putting up 27 a game on 48% shooting. He's just held to a different standard because of who he is. But they need other performances. Just somebody hit two threes. Terrence Ross, hmm. come in, make two threes. Don't get completely roasted on defense. TJ Warren, hit a floater, something like that. Yeah. Somebody else, I got to do something. Agree. Yeah, and the Nuggets have been have been getting it. Um, they have been impressive. And, and so if the Suns don't get out to a, a good lead with their starters then it's worry time uh, because you know the Nuggets bench is going to produce so looking forward to that tonight two game threes and yeah they're going every second day so they're playing Friday and Sunday both those series all right we've got to take a quick break but some fun stuff after the break five star Friday and rapid fire we'll be right back back with no dunks today is the first Friday of May so let's do some five star Friday yes sir First Friday of May, Tass, also 5-5. Cinco de Mayo, exciting times. Five Star Friday, we read five of the best five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts because when you leave those reviews, apparently people see them. (laughs) <laughs> and it helps us with the rankings. And we love to be sure. high on those rankings. Peer pressure. Yes, exactly right. <laughs> and as you'll see from some of these reviews, uh-huh. it can be like a nice refresher on things that we've talked about in the past. 
So let's get into it here. Our first five-star review comes from JJ Money 830 The Goat Podcast from a seventh grader. Not going to lie. <laughs> I've never listened to a better podcast. You want to hear the facts? Let me tell you... Let me tell how exactly why this is the GOAT show. First of all, I'm a 7th grader from Utah, and I've been a fan ever since you guys were the starters. I'm an NBA sicko, and I love how you give all your passion and dedication towards basketball, even if you do no buffs or that Fast and Furious thing. All in all, you guys make me so much more bored when I'm doing my daily activities. Huh. Thanks, huh. JJ Money 830 <laughs> So much more bored. Wow. He likes being bored. I love being bored. So I turn on this podcast with these old guys. Uh, I like that. He's been a fan ever since we were the starters, which at minimum, 2019, four years ago, seventh graders are what, 12 or 13 years old, I believe? Yeah, something like that. So this kid's been listening since he was eight years old, nine years old. Probably heard some weird stuff for an eight or nine year old. <laughs> but that's why we're goaded with the sauce. Yeah. Feels good coming from a seventh grader. And uh, yeah, getting hit with chores at eight or nine years old, I guess. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you... man. I wish I could have listened to a podcast while I was mowing the lawn as a right? kid. Oh, my God. I used to have to try and put a Wu Tang Clan CD into a <laughs> non skip CD <laughs> compact disc holder, walking as slow as I possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> Not to jumble up the 10-second anti-skip. Oh. Yeah, good. Kids these days. Yeah, good uh, TikToks going around of older people asking kids about stuff in the 90s. Yeah, <laughs> what, what's a fax machine? I don't know, machine that gives you good facts. <laughs> Chat GPT. Fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, our next one comes from King Josias. King Jose U.S., Classics for sickos and non-sickos alike. Had a vague remembrance of seeing these guys on NBA TV back in the day, which eventually led me to finding the show sometime in the dark early days of the pandemic. I think it was thereabouts anyways. Been a regular listener slash watcher, actually, since. Larfs. Great NBA coverage of things big, small, and silly, and even ad reads I don't mind listening to. Top-notch pod slash show that easily gets five stars and not just because they'd have the best reaction to seeing my Darius Sungaila Bulls jersey out in the wild. <laughs> Listen if you like, love, casually enjoy basketball in the NBA, or would like to dabble. Thank you for your five-star review. I would love to see a Darius Sungaila Bulls jersey. 100% accuracy. And that's also our first one containing the word LARFs. <laughs> more, more to come. Well, King Jose US, you are the king of reviews. That was uh, very, very solid. Well done. I personally, this is selfish, but it's nice to hear when someone says that you don't have to be a sicko to watch this show. There you go. Yeah, that it, because most people aren't sickos like us, but sometimes you get in the mo There's people who tune in, just tune into basketball in general in the playoffs. Absolutely and, right. And here we are. Uh, I, I tune into the NHL playoffs. Uh, and I, <laughs> I'm a casual NHL fan as well. <laughs> yeah, we were watching yesterday, the Krakens. Uh, during during breaks of our playback, first we just kicked off a great YouTube halftime show. Yeah. It was just that literally was playing stuff off YouTube. <laughs> the Mace Cameron clip, awesome. And then uh, yeah, we tuned in some Kraken. Unfortunately, the Leafs lost. Tough one. Tough one. Tough They're one up, for the up Leafs. Two zero down three two now. But anyway. Yeah, thank you for the review, and uh, yeah, let us know down in the comments below if you like, love, or just dabble in the show. <laughs> all, all are acceptable. We love them all. Next uh, review comes from BKGDP92. Pretty quick one. Best NBA podcast. Come for the incredible basketball talk. Ooh. Stay for the feisty debate between Aladdin and the Lion King. Oh, See, remember I that forgot. One? Remember that? Yeah. Talking Disney. Fun times. That was a fresh one. That's not too long ago. Not too long ago. That's right. Topical. All right, Nick McNeil is the author of our next five-star review. It's called Five Star Friends. No sports talk show matches the chemistry and love of this show. The only thing they love more than basketball is each other, it seems. Oh. <laughs> Been a part of my day-to-day -day routine for years now. I love you, boys. <laughs> Keep up the good work. <laughs> Nick McNeil, we love you. <laughs> Nick Mick. <laughs> That's cool. <laughs> oh, we do like each other. It Damn. is true. Yeah, it is true. And that was that was sincere. That was sincere. Everybody's sincere around here. Yeah, these are. <laughs> this is a vulnerable April 
month. <laughs> okay. People sending in their favorites, you know. <laughs> they don't want us to think they're fooling us. Spring is sprung. Mm. Love is in the air. Love is in the air. Exactly right. And if you think love is in the air for that one, just wait for this. This is a two-parter. Comes to us from Wesley97. <laughs> My sincere apologies and a five-star review for the best NBA podcast out there. This is a poem. Here we go. Oh, Skeets, Tass, Trey, and JD. I'm sorry I was such a fool, you see, to give your show a rating so low when you're the best NBA podcast, don't you know? Your humor and insights make me grin from the fun facts to the nicknames you spin. You always keep me entertained like a slam dunk that can't be restrained. So thanks for all the laughs and giggles and for making us all NBA wiggles. What? <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep tuning in for all the fun and let's hope the Raptors go all the way before we're done. Your chemistry is like peanut butter and jam, a perfect match that never hits a jam. <laughs> <laughs> jam does rhyme with jam. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a Fred Durst kind of lyric right there. <laughs> you make basketball talk so much more than just stats and scores gores to keep us snore <laughs> a pretty interesting line there i promise to never doubt you again and to always give you five stars my friend for your podcast is the cream of the crop like a buzzer beater that never stops so here's to skeets test trey and jd you make listening to your podcast a true glee i'll keep tuning in for all the fun and let's hope for more game seven moments before we're done beautiful stuff. solid Beautiful spring poem right there. <laughs> so I assume there's a, a previous rating where we were giving bad. a bad a bad review. <laughs> How dare you? Why? Because he said my sincere apologies. Yeah. yeah. Well, I thought it was just because we had to read a poem. Oh. It was a pre apology. No, no. There's something in there about giving us a bad review. Yeah, maybe you're oh, right. Oh, my bad. Maybe we called them yeah, out. Sorry, like I'm so sorry review. I was such a fool, you see, to give your show a rating solo. Oh. Okay. What, okay. Was, the, what was the the writer of that one? Wesley 97. Wesley 97. I got to go back into the archives yeah. and see. Can you click on the name and then go back and see all their reviews? I don't think so. Hmm. They should do that, though. Yeah. Like Yelp. You can see what <laughs> kind of podcast what this Wesley's guy likes. up to. <laughs> what other poems he's written. Yeah, see if his poems have uh, <laughs> improved. Get a book of poems going, Wes. Yeah. yeah. The jam jam line. I'll never forget that. Yeah. <laughs> or the or being bored. The new uh, the new way to say that is to keep a snore. <laughs> that movie really kept me snore last night. Great stuff. Yeah, shout out to Jam Jam. Maybe that's why it's in there. <laughs> that, that would be an awesome uh, callback. Jam right? Jam. Survivor 44. Great Survivor time Survivor 44. What a hidden Easter egg there. Great stuff. Thank you so much for all the reviews. Uh, please keep them coming. We'll do it again next month. I don't know what day it is, though. June 4th? Something like that. Yeah, we shall like see. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams, trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors Row or ride at home or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. I gotta get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute, but man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch! We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. 
therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash NoDunks. This episode of No Dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. We shall see. We got one more segment uh, coming up here, and it's a really serious one. We're going to do some rapid fire. I'll ask the questions. Tass, JD, and I will answer them as well. On a recent episode of his podcast... Patrick Beverly estimated that 50% of NBA players don't love basketball and that his tim- and that his teammates who didn't were the most skilled players on the team. Hmm. Hmm. Guys, what's an estimated statistic that you believe? First, I hear what Pat Bev is saying. But anyway, uh, on to mine. 75% of all phone calls are spam or robocalls. I'm buying it. <laughs> oh, Yeah. That's got to be true. I think that's low, Tess. Yeah, it Is could it? be low. But that's us. No one calls us. So right. other, <laughs> that's than, a good point. other than spammers. <laughs> so I don't know. 75% is... Yeah. It's around there. Could it be 90? It could easily it feels be that way. It feels like 90 to me. Yeah. At this point, it's more surprising to get a call on your phone that just has numbers on it. That's a worthwhile call right. to get. Yes. I got this one about, I got one about field day last week. I was like, oh, I guess I'll listen to this voicemail. <laughs> yeah. So exciting. Yeah. I hate, I hate that. I hate when the phone provider can't distinguish between a, a spam caller and you just see a mm. number. Yep. And you think, oh, this might be him. Or something. <laughs> I do like that they're better. I'll, when I see spam risk, I'm like, thank you. Thank yeah. you for your service. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. yeah. JD, you got an estimated statistic you believe? Uh, yeah. Um, 1%, only 1% of wireless mics at high school events <laughs> actually work. <laughs> I re- recently, uh, I was at the, my kid was in the Wiz. He played the Wiz. Yes. Uh, Trey, you went to the a different performance, but you went to the show. Mm-hmm. Mic problems? Did you notice? Oh, there was mic problems. Oh, yeah. Uh, there was definitely some mic problems, <laughs> and you warned me ahead of time that there had been mic problems, I think, the previous weekend when you went and saw it. I was, I was thinking, they've had a week. They got this. Yeah, no. They, they're just like, they live with it. They just live with yeah. it. And last night, I went to uh, uh, the orchestra. Jackson's playing bass in the orchestra, and... You know, w- the performance was fine, but whenever they they had a handheld wireless mic, and this is what it was like. This was it, it kept cutting out. Like, so this is what it was. You know, the woman got got up and she's like, "Good evening, parents, and welcome to the Blank High School Spring Concert tonight. We're going through the works of Johann Sebastian Bach, and we'll treat you to a stunning viola solo from Rodriguez, and later we'll be giving it." Students that achieved very high academic and musical <laughs> achievements. Woohoo! And she she woohooed like eight thousand times, but every woohoo was caught. But it just kept going in and out. Get a wire, get an XLR cable. Where is the stage crew? You know what I'm saying? Get a wire. Just a wire. One wire. Once in a oh, wire. It <laughs> was I was I was losing my mind. And so was Rachel. Like I'm like, we're she's sitting next to me and I'm like texting her. JFC, what is with this mic? And she's like, oh my God, I know. <laughs> like, we're just texting back and forth. You're yeah. sitting next to her. But you didn't want to Literally talk. Literally next to her. I didn't want to talk. Yeah, I get you. During while the woman was the talking. The mics weren't on, so people talking in the, in the audience just as loud as the people on stage. Yeah, they would have heard you instead. Oh uh, my God. <laughs> anyways, uh, high school stage crews, get your shit together. <laughs> yeah, you got to test the batteries pre-show. <laughs> I do believe. Uh, for me... It wasn't too long ago that guano was the answer for Wordle, and we were playing it. Okay. Guano was the answer. I was like, nobody knows what guano is. No Laura's way. Laura's like, oh, everybody knows what guano is. Mm. I was like, there's no way. But then I estimated a statistic. I said, I don't think anybody knows what guano is. But if you know, 90% of people learn from Ace Ventura 2. 
There's like a scene where he goes into a cave and he, yeah. mm-hmm. I believe he's eating guano. <laughs> that's where I learned it from. So I assume that's where everybody else learned it from. <laughs> but maybe people are just knowledgeable about uh, bat droppings. Yeah. It could be. I think you're right, though. A lot of people learned from uh, Ace Ventura. I recently, I don't know why I watched this or was reading about this, but Ace of, uh, Jim Carrey, he hated that part of uh, of Ace Ventura. Specifically the guano the, the, part? No, the fact that he hated bats. Like, he's like, Ace Ventura would not hate bats. Like, he loves all animals. All animals, Why would he sure. hate bats? It was very funny. The, the bat part was very funny, like, that he hated bats, but he just didn't like that. Didn't ring true to him. It didn't ring true. It wasn't, wasn't true to the characters, so. I wonder if that's a character they would ever bring back. Ace Ventura? I mean, they reboot a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Jim Carrey's got some rebootable stuff he could do. Yeah. Ace Ventura 3. Was there a 3? No. no. There was a Dumb and Dumber, or, or Dumb and... Yeah. What was it yeah. called? So they brought, recently brought that one. Yeah, Dumb, that's true. Dumber and Dumber, whatever it is, yeah. All right, moving on. But yeah, bring it back. <laughs> I'd go see it. I I probably would, too. <laughs> Bumblebee too. <laughs> when he was asked if he cared about this week's MVP announcement, Nikola Jokic said he had, quote, zero interest. <laughs> Doesn't care. I guess when you got two of them, who cares who they give the next one to? Uh, fellas, what's something important that you have zero interest in, Tess? Oh, I'm sorry about this answer. It's not a good one. Um, yeah. uh, <laughs> this is why we get bad reviews. My answer is cooking. I, I kind of, I kind of eat to live rather than live to eat. <laughs> it changes. It changes. I'll have like a couple days where I'm really into it, but mostly not. It just hasn't been a part of me, so I, I don't get into it. Today I cut up some bananas and I felt excited. Um, Top but, chef. Yeah, but it doesn't. It just doesn't hit me. It does. It just doesn't. I well, just. I'm just scrounging to survive. I'm grazing. Luckily, you're by. married to a chef. Yeah, that's part of it. You're for still sure. eating good. I'm doing all right. I'm doing two all right actually during the postseason. I eat, I eat so much. The nights are long. Games. Two dinners. It's just a normal thing. Yeah. What about the like Danielle was out of town uh, for a few days last week? What are you doing for foods? That's a good question. Um, I go basics just to get by. Sure. Uh, she definitely set me up for the kids. Nice, oh, good. Uh, yeah, to yeah. some degree, we had three three nights. Uh, yeah. So scavenge what am I mom. doing? Scavenge. Yeah, eating out a little bit, but making sure I clear out the the dry foods. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> I can eat this. (laughs) I can eat this for sure. JD, what's something important that you have zero interest in? I don't have a great answer for this either, but this is important because it's my job, but the 2023 NBA playoffs, (laughs) I am not interested for some reason. Usually (laughs) usually my interest is kind of peaked, you know? Yeah. I don't know. This this year, I'm just not into it. And, you know, we got Warriors-Lakers. But then you read, like, when you said on this show earlier that Tristan Thompson was coming into the game, I'm like, what? Wait, Tristan Thompson's still in the league? It is surprising. So that's how checked out I am. I'm like, no, 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 no. Most people don't know Tristan Thompson. That's probably a surprise. My job is to produce an NBA (laughs) podcast. We barely talked about Tristan Thompson. He was signed as uh, an insurance man on April 9th. He didn't yeah, play all yeah, season. Like towards the end. Okay, so, still, yeah. that's fine, Listen, I guess. The other- He was producing shows just like you <laughs> a month ago. Right. Listen, uh, yeah, I, I remember at the beginning of the playoffs, I, I said something like, oh, there's there's only 80 games left in the season. I can't wait to watch these these last 80 games. And you said, you're, you just, you're, your eyebrows went up. 80 games? And you're excited? Yeah, still. Hey, it's listen, but, crazy when but, it, you realize it's a whole another season. Yeah, totally. yeah, it, yeah. But listen, I, I, I told the story on playback because I had to because I was very impressed on our No Buns podcast. We were talking about an MLB rook yeah. uh, that has uh, debuted his, his first game that where he played in at the age of thirty three. We talked about old NBA rookies, yes. and you threw out Jamario Moon. Who I totally <laughs> forgot. He's 27 as a rook. That's right. old. That's a good one. You're yeah. paying attention. That's I am. I'm, I'm sort of paying attention. But yeah. this year, I don't know. I'm just. I'm just not feeling it. I don't know. Too I'm much sorry, parody. Everybody. Well, believe it or not, it's still early. 
<laughs> I know. It's still right? early. It's still early. We're almost halfway there. That's a good time to get it. <laughs> uh, for me, something important. I guess this is important. Zero interest in, but you kind of blew my mind yesterday. We were just like randomly started talking about Prince Charles, soon to be King Charles. The guy still hasn't been coronated yet? No. Has had his coronation? No. I won't be tuned in for it, but I don't know. I just assumed it was like a right away thing. Well, he was king right away, but they got to put the crown. They haven't had the official ceremony. Sworn in or whatever they do. (laughs) What do they do? (laughs) I don't know. Don't tell me. Zero interest. I literally think it's putting a crown on his head. It's a coronation. It is a a coronation. (laughs) I've seen it in Game of Thrones. Uh, So if it's anything similar to that. Close up the dragon pits is what I'm saying. (laughs) Yeah, right? (laughs) (laughs) More funny scenes from the Nuggets this week. During a mic'd up segment, 16-year vet Jeff Green was heard telling rookie Colin Gillespie, move out of my spot, as the two stood by the bench. The rookie moved over, looked at Jeff Green and said, sorry, Dad. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, what's a dad rule that you enforce, Tess? I enforce flossing. With my kids. Good. That's good, man. Really good. Uh, You're a good dad. Uh, well, sometimes. <laughs> and then if my kids say, I ain't flossing, I definitely cave a lot of the time. There's no doubt. But I fight for it. Uh, and I've also fought for the non-plastic single use. Some some people use it for more than one. But I, I'm going straight old school string. The string. Yes. Not the, like, the... Like a pick, is that what they call yeah, it? Yeah, they're little picks. Yeah. They're little. What do they look like? Little trident, not trident, but almost you know. like a, a tiny one-string harp. Yeah, those things are. <laughs> exactly. Those are a scourge. They're like literally mountains of them in the sewers in every major city in North America. It's a hard, it's like hard guys, plastic. What are you doing? What are we doing? It's yeah, floss. and my guess is you got to use more than one per mouth. Maybe not for a kid. They got small mouths, but that's not a lot of floss. To be going in between all yeah, of that's your true. That's crevices. true. Oh, I like if in a dire situation, if I'm using one of those, I'll save it. I mean, I'll yeah, I'll, I'll use it day after day after day. <laughs> Conservation. You don't want to do that. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, flossing is fun. Maybe, and maybe it, I'm projecting. It honestly feels great when you're exactly. done flossing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I can feel it right now. What a nice feeling. It's a nice feeling. It is a nice feeling. And it's also a nice feeling when you go to the dentist and they go, damn, your teeth are... Like, you take care of your teeth. Yeah. They're stained as shit, but (laughs) there's nothing in the... The gaps are looking nice. There's no tartar up there. Yeah, I've never got that. For me, it's always, have you been flossing? Never. (laughs) Have you been flossing? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I try to stick to like a once a month flossing schedule. See how that works, Dr. A-Rod. How about you, JD? What's a dad rule you enforce? Uh, I don't touch anything. So, um... (laughs) That's that's great. So, it it really came into being when they joined a band, right? So, um... Well, it came into being before that, but they're in this band and they don't have driver's license, so I have to drive them to their gigs. I will not touch a single piece of gear at all. Like, uh, Lincoln's girlfriend tried to hand me a pair of drumsticks, and I'm like, I'm not, t- I'm not touching that. <laughs> like, she thought, <laughs> what, what is with this weirdo? Like, he won't touch it. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I don't touch it, but I, it started actually when they were little, and I would go to we'd take them to the grocery store and we'd go grocery shopping. I would just walk around like uh, Michael Caine in Zulu with his hands behind his back, privileged king dude. I'm not touching a thing. You guys push the cart. You get everything off the shelves. You load it up at the at the uh, the conveyor belt or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'll pay, but that's it. And they load it in the car, and they load it in the house. I don't touch a thing. That's smart. <laughs> that is... Why else? Why would? You, why else have kids, right? Like <laughs> they're there for <laughs> carrying. They're there to carry shit around, and you got to train them how to do stuff. Like you know, learn learn some life skills. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You learn to floss when you're four. You'll be flossing until <laughs> you're ninety-four. Exactly. I do believe. Teach them young. Good stuff, JD. Have they coronated you yet? Not yet, <laughs> King JD. Not <laughs> yet, King. <laughs> uh, dad rule for me: one that's big in our house. Just like uh, every little kid, our kids love to just like collect random things they find mm, outside you yeah. know we've got nine billion sticks <laughs> thrown away nine billion more but we always tell them hey nature stays outside yeah nature great rule is nature <laughs> you can keep as many sticks as you want but they got to be outside and if they come in i'm breaking them right over my knee and throwing them right back outside so we do a pretty good job unfortunately the cat doesn't listen he brought in a chipmunk once didn't like that from wilbur but he doesn't understand english so Understandable. Was it alive? Uh, it was alive when he brought it in, but not by the time I got to it downstairs. Oh. 
Well, I was better that way. I didn't want it to be alive yeah, when I got that's downstairs. True. That is true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, yeah well, the band's a savage. What's the rule when they want to bring a stick into a car? Because I remember uh, <sighs> Isla was at our house. She was at our house, and she had a stick that was that made a good wand. And uh, <laughs> she wanted to bring it into the car. Laura said, no, you're leaving it here. Yep. Give Zoe a stick. Give Zoe the wand Give stick. Give her the stick. Uh, and she did. She did. But the, the car is a gray area. Yeah. yeah it's like the kids. The car's smart a gray kids area. Would be like, Come on. But the car is almost like a mobile house. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You gotta. You gotta keep the sticks out of there. Though I. I got. I can't deny it. We've had multiple sticks come home in the trunk. Uh, and then hopefully they forget about them by the yeah. just javelin it. See you later. That's rapid fire. Those are some dad rules for you. Cool show. Great show. Yeah, we'll be back Monday. We'll be back Monday. Uh, Skeets will be back. We got a Fast 9 coming out this week. It's at Hobbs and Shaw this week. Oh, Hobbs and Shaw. Uh, previously, I don't know if it was uh, available because I think it was like a subscription okay. only. So this will be a debut for a lot of people. Yeah, it's I on think. our feed for the first time because it was an exclusive I for an so. Apple. Apple subscription. Yeah. Apple yeah. subscription only, which yeah. is still a thing. I don't know, but. I mean, you could I watch it on YouTube, I think. I think you're right. Could you watch it? I don't even know. Anyways, it's a banger. Yeah, I remember you really liking Hobbs and Shaw. Oh, I meant the the episode of, but yes, I did. <laughs> well, the-, <laughs> the episode also good. <laughs> Funny stuff. So that'll be this weekend. Uh, what else? You said we're back 10 a.m. Monday to recap. So we got some game threes and fours in some of these yeah, series. Six games, yeah, Friday six through games Sunday. On the weekend, Skeets will be back. What else is on deck? You never know if we jump on playback for an hour or so if we're going to watch a game. So keep the notifications on. We'll just jump on. You can jump on. It's free. Playback.tv slash no dunks. We got like two games a night. Two games a night. All like for the rest of this round. Is that right? Or at least until teams start being eliminated. Over the weekend for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. How do you feel about that, JD? I'm very excited. (laughs) I'm jumping in this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, it's starting to get pivotal. Yeah. Starting to get pivotal. Two games are done in those series, so yeah. Crucial, pivotal. Crucial, pivotal, do or dive, must wins. All of those. Make sure to watch them. Make sure to follow us on social media at No Dunks Inc. Uh, until next time, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, if you give a bad review like Wesley did, you can make up for it. <laughs> Go leave a review. Embrace the day. <laughs>